It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Raptors is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 906 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, March the 18th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure that you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering all of the teams in the Big Four sports as well as the NCAA March Madness Tournament, most of those teams are covered by our local hosts. We've also got our Locked On College Basketball, Locked On Conference shows. If you are a March Madness head, make sure you are checking out all of the stuff we got going over on the College Network. Okay, on today's show, is just me going solo to break down the Raptors' 116-112 loss to the Detroit Pistons last night. A game with mixed feelings, I would say. We'll get to that. I also am going to run a little chat I had with John Corrales, our buddy from over at Locked on Celtics. A bit of a addendum to yesterday's podcast when James Herbert and I went through some Norman Powell trade possibilities. I don't like continuing to talk about Norm Powell trade possibilities because I'm very much on team keep Norm, but we have to hit all angles here and the trade deadline's a week away and what the hell else are we going to do? So we walked through a, I think, pretty reasonable Celtics Raptors match on a Norman Powell trade get into the justifications for it and whatnot we'll get to that in the final segment of the show but I do want to talk today about the game against the Pistons I also want to address Nick Nurse's comments from after the game last night uh and you know his assertion that the Raptors should give these guys a shot to make a run I think that's a really interesting conversation and we will get to that in the second segment of the show but we should first just break down what happened in the game against the Pistons. The Raptors lose 116-112. Their sixth straight loss, they fall to 17-23 and on the season. They're still 11th in the Eastern Conference, uh, now sort of losing touch with that sixth seed that you want to be in, although not totally out of it. Just a few games back, we'll take a, a single win streak to get back in the conversation there. But the big news from this one, obviously, was Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Malachi Flynn, Patrick McCaw returning to the lineup. Flynn and McCaw didn't play. Uh, Siakam and Van Vliet both very much did. And look, they weren't amazing or anything like that. Tough shooting nights for both of them. They combined to go 5 of 24. But it was just lovely to see them back. And I thought just the vibes of the game, even though it was a loss to the very bad Pistons, a second loss to the very bad Pistons in recent weeks here, 
you know, even though that was sort of the end result of the night, I thought overall the vibe seemed really, really obviously improved. You had Fred and Pascal smiling away, getting on the court, finally after a long layoff for each of them. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to take some time. I don't think there's anything to hold against those guys for their tough shooting nights. They've been out of the game for a while. They have their conditioning way down. Pascal looks kind of skinny, honestly, which is a little wild. Obviously, Fred spoke at length about his struggles with the virus and his pretty serious symptoms and how it had him feeling very, very tired. And we've heard from lots of players that it takes a lot of time to get your feet back under you. Jason Tatum, for example, spoke about that at length when he returned. And it was a bit of a a slow build for him to get back up to Jason Tatum form. And he's not even really necessarily there yet. It takes some time. And it's tough because this game, while there was positive energy behind it, it's just, again, a victim of poor timing where we're a week out from the deadline and every single loss here I think probably increases the chance that the Raptors will say, well, this is a lost season. Screw it. Let's move on from our guys, even though I don't think that should be the case. And this game kind of even further reaffirmed my feelings on my thoughts that this team should at the very least just keep it together and accept this as a lost season, but not dismantle it as a result of it, because there's lots to like here. And in a normal circumstance, you know, assuming next season comes around and they're able to play at home and all that stuff. If you just bring back this team and add a couple pieces on the peripheral, on the peripherals, like that's a pretty good team that could be fourth, third in the Eastern Conference, win a ton of games, do the Raptors thing where they overperform. And I just, I keep coming back to the idea that this era ending because the pandemic says so, it would be really, really unsatisfying. And maybe we've been spoiled. Maybe this is just life as a sports fan and you have to accept your lot and you know, when things don't go your way, that's sports and you're not going to have the, the storybook ending to every era. You know, this happens with all sorts of franchises and teams, and when they come to an end with a player or a certain era, it's never great, and there's always bad feelings, and there's always sadness that it's come to an end. It just feels really particularly unsatisfying. Like, if it were a, if it were a normal season and the Raptors were 17-23 and 23 and were kind of going through the motions playing at home, then yeah, I think you could talk yourself a lot more into, okay, maybe this has run its course, but the circumstances have just been so unfavorable that I don't know if I can reasonably talk myself into saying this has run its course because there's still a good team here. And that's the Raptors' motto is be good, be relevant, and wait for your chance to strike. And I still think they have the opportunity to do that because they have Norman Powell in part. Dude, 43 points, a career high, uh, an incredible performance from him in this game, continues an awesome run. He's now .2 points away from taking the team lead in scoring, which is absolutely bananas. And credit to him for really kind of carrying the day with... Uh, Siakam and Fred out and again last night with Siakam and Fred kind of coming in and getting their feet wet and getting comfortable once again I I thought Norm was absurdly good you know why pass why even pick up assists when you are uh, scoring on every single possession right (laughs) like 14 of 18 8 of 12 from three perfect on twos that's ridiculous Uh, just uh, a wonderful game once again from Norman Powell and further kind of building my case that you should just keep him and pay him and it's just one game you don't want to overreact to one game but it's not just one game it's now two seasons of norm powell being ludicrously efficient and uh, even if kyle lowry does walk even if you know this this comes to an end even if they trade him here he requests a trade or he just moves on in the offseason i still think running it back can 
be done just by bringing Norm back and having Fred, Norm, OG, Pascal kind of run the show. And then you figure out what you do with your draft picks and stuff like that and where you slot them in. Hopefully you can get some nice pieces that you know, maybe aren't rotation ready right away, but maybe you put them in the G League, whatever it might be. And by the season's end, you have another piece to throw in your lineup and you just continue on the Raptors way. I just and I'm growing more and more skeptical that they're going to be able to replace Norman Powell like it seems pretty difficult to envision a a player out there that they can go get on the market that will replace Norman Powell that's why yesterday when I was talking with James about Norman Powell trade ideas the ones I'm most intrigued by are the ones that get a player who maybe isn't better than Norm but fits as well or better than Norm going forward and can be part of the future because you just don't want to like you don't want to be in a situation where you've traded Norm Powell and you can't use your 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 cap space on anyone to come replicate what he does. There's no one on the roster who's going to replicate what he does. There's no one with that skill set behind him. You might have said that about Terrence Davis a year ago, but he has gone off the rails in all sorts of different ways and is a bad, terrible basketball player who doesn't deserve run at this point. Got no run last night in a game where they really could have used uh, a player off the bench popping and giving them some juice. He's bad. That's the thing. And so there's no easy replacement. And uh, the more he just continues to pile up these efficient scoring nights, the more it becomes clear to me that they're not going to find something better than Norman Powell on the market. Same as they're not going to find something better than Kyle Lowry on the market, unless it's a John Collins type thing, which, you know, that's an argument to be made. And I think the trade that I came up with with John Corrales maybe uh, kind of goes into the the John Collins plans or some other big uh, offseason plans for a, a big offer sheet for somebody. You know, maybe that becomes their plan i'm not sure but norm was ridiculous just an unbelievable game and even though they lost this one i still think there's a good team lying in here somewhere that is not that far out of it can easily turn around 538 still has them as like 85 percent chance to make the playoffs like that's it's because they're a good team and still have a positive point differential despite losing six games in a row they're still above net zero which is remarkable and again speaks to how good they were during that stretch after their awful start on that note nick nurse had an interesting comment last night and i want to get into that in the second segment but first let's tell everybody about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bar around right now when you go to builtbar.com you can also bet on or not bet vote duh vote on the number one built bar flavor going they have a bracket going on all month long it's built bar madness over at builtbar.com and on their twitter account at bar underscore built and each day you can decide who is the best built bar and which one should reign supreme move on to the next matchup uh today's matchup i believe is peanut butter versus cocoa puff so go and give a vote over there at builtbar.com and while you're on the website go and pick up some built bars as well they're delicious and remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar every single day also today's show is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com who are saving you money on auto parts that you don't need to be paying so much damn money for baby They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact exact same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com 
All right, I just want to take a sec here before we get into the chat with John Corrales from Locked on Celtics about Norm Powell into Nick Nurse's comments from last night where he suggested that this team deserves a chance to turn things around. And I fully agree with him. I think I'm 100% on board with Nick Nurse on this. I think, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about Thad Young. I was maybe more in the camp of, okay, go make a trade. Even if it takes like a pretty nice asset, go make a trade, make this team as good as it can be for the stretch run. Maybe that's less of a reality now as they fall down in the standings, their lottery odds continue to increase, and their pick looks like it's going to be a pretty decent pick, you know, mid-teens, something like that. That's going to be a pretty spicy pick in this draft, and you want to have that. You don't want to trade that for Thad Young, probably. I still could probably be talked into it because I think picks are monopoly money a lot of the time, but I'm also not totally... Um, blinded by my love for established players into saying that the Raptors pick is not going to be valuable because it is. So when it comes to the rest of the season, the direction, the deadline direction, I'm kind of moving more from be buyers, aggressive buyers into more of just the accept it's a lost season and just kind of ride it out and stay the course. Again, people might think, oh my God, Sean, you idiot, stop saying stay the course. It's, it's over, it's broken. But like, I don't think it's over or broken. I think it's broken this season, maybe. It might be an entirely lost season where things go terribly and they never get it on track and they run out of time. They only have 30 games left or 32 games left to you know make up the ground that they've lost here. But I still think this is a good team. And I still think that if you run it back next season, they can be quite good. And I, I just, I feel like there's also value to maintaining some of the standards the team has set over the last seven years. I mean, there, there's always sentimentality tied up in like playoff streaks and stuff and people make too big a deal out of them. But also like the Raptors playoff streak is something to hang your hat on as a franchise. If you're the franchise that makes the playoffs every freaking year, regardless of when you go out, that is something that is worth something. People talked about the Spurs 20 something playoff year, uh, 20 something year playoff streak a lot. And that was built up as one of the hallmarks of the franchises. They're always there. Maybe they're not always a title contender, but they're always there. And the Raptors very much can do that. They can make the playoffs this year with a good run of play in the back 32 games here. You know, a 10-game stretch of 8-2 and two basketball will probably be enough to get them at least in the play-in. And then I trust them in a play-in against all these haphazard teams because they're adults and they've been there. And I, I trust that they'll win a play-in game against whoever they need to beat. If you get to that 7 or 8 seed and you're the home team, you only have to win one to move on. I think that's uh, that that's okay place to be. It's not ideal, obviously. You'd rather be safe in the sixth seed, but if you're seventh, whatever, I think you can get by. And even if you lose a first-round series to Philly or Milwaukee, like being in the playoffs matters, and continuing your run of success matters, and just being the franchise that's always there and always finds a way, that is like legitimately valuable to your profile as a franchise. It's you know the, the constant battle of building Toronto into a, an, an attractive market. You know, the playoff thing is not insignificant in that as much as maybe it doesn't matter all that much in terms of like drawing the big stars. It still is part of your CV as a franchise. And I think the Raptors should want to keep that going. And I think Nick Nurse should want to keep that going. It sounds like he does want to keep that going. And it sounds like this team, you know, they've gone through so much shit together this season. It's been such a write off of a year in so many regards. And they've also put in so much equity over the years and you know, obviously won the title and have gone through so much together that I think the the group has earned a shot. If, if Kyle Lowry's not going to agitate for a trade, I think they've earned a shot to just see what they could do to close out the year, try to get in the playoffs, be the team nobody wants to play in the first round. I know people hate being mediocre, blah, 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 blah. 
I don't think you can say anything about this season suggests that they're mediocre. I think it suggests they've gone through adverse circumstances and that sucks. And again, to tear everything apart as a result of adverse circumstances would suck to me. And I just, I'm fully on board with Nick Nurse with that, with that take. Good take, Nick Nurse, is my take on Nick Nurse's take. Um, with that said, let's now move into the final part of the show where we talk more about trading Norman Powell because we got to cover all sides here. Uh, <laughs> the most both sidesist podcast there is, I suppose. Um, you know, John was kind enough to reach out to me. We did a little hash out of a deal similar to what we did with uh, Jordan with the, with the Bulls show and Thad Young a couple weeks ago. It's a pretty good little thing. And I think these chats are pretty valuable because they offer both perspectives, right? It's not just one person overvaluing their own stuff. It actually is like a pretty reasonable conversation between two sides. So that's a pretty interesting chat we have with John coming up in the final segment. Hope you stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Look, March Madness starts. I'm not much of a college basketball person, but if you're a gambler and you want to bet on March Madness, boy, there is a plethora of games for you to do so with, and you can do it all at betonline.ag. They cover college basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL, when that comes back around, whatever it might be, they got it on their site, including award shows, TV, and reality TV as well. Real-time, updated odds, and props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And uh, by the way, use the code LOCKEDON and get that 50% welcome bonus. I apologize for omitting that on my first run through. BetOnline, go sign up. BetOnline.ag, code LOCKEDON. Today's show is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra and our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And I don't know how it could be anybody but Norman Powell right now. Like, he's playing out of his mind. He's keeping the Raptors semi-afloat, although they keep losing all these games. But through no fault of Norman Powell's, he's been outstanding. He's been a ton of fun. And uh, he is clearly the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Norman Powell, with his efficiency, is very much like Michelob Ultra, in fact. You know, you're getting the, the beer you want, but it's 2.6 carbs, 95 cals. It's as efficient as beer drinking gets. And Norman Powell is quite literally as efficient as scorers get in the NBA these days, too. So shout out to him. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And how can you not be enjoying the hell out of Norman Powell right now? This week, he's your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And a huge thank you to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the podcast. Come back next week for our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week once again on Thursday. All right, now let's get to the conversation with John Corrales. Hashing out a deal for Norman Powell. I don't hate it, which is a lot because I usually hate all these trades that uh, end up being put together. But John's smart. John's cool. We have a good time. Here is the rest of the podcast. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll be back back again on Friday with something, maybe a mailbag episode. I was going to get mailbag questions in today. Had no room. So we will do that tomorrow and we will hammer that out. So thank you so much. Talk to you Friday and enjoy the conversation with John Corrales. I'd like to bring in Sean Woodley, who hosts Locked On Raptors, to uh, discuss how anxious he is to trade us Norm Powell. John, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, man. How's it going? It's good to chat with you. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So uh, Norm Powell, as a starter, is averaging 23 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um he is uh, averaging three and a half rebounds, 2.2 assists. His usage rate uh, is just under 25, and he's got a true shooting percentage at about 69%. Nice. So, will you take, nice, 
Will you take Tristan Thompson in a pick? No, I, I don't think so, man. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. We did a podcast. Oh, come yesterday. On. I did a show yesterday with uh, James Herbert from CBS Sports and Tristan Thompson and a pick was a thing he threw out as a potential deal. And I was like, you know what? Uh, that's not going to cut it, especially now with the uh, the added 43 points that Norm Powell put to his ledger last night against the Pistons. The I think second game of 40 plus points with zero assists because Norm Powell is a king. Um, why would he pass when he's the greatest scorer alive is my question to you. No, I, I think for me, I'm growing less and less inclined to trade Norman Powell. It, it's he's gotten to the point where I just, if you're the Raptors, what are you going to get to replace him? If you let him walk or you trade him now for some meager assets, I, I just, if you want to continue to be good, which you know, people would have said, oh, they're kind of young. They can rebuild like Pascal Siak and Fred Van Vliet are going to be 28 next season. Like they're not exactly young. They've been around the block already, having won the championship and moving into their sixth season next year. Like you'd think you want to continue to maintain some level of competence for the team and give yourself some movability in terms of big contracts on the roster to eventually flip for stars. If that's the path forward, which it was before they got Kawhi Leonard and it worked out pretty damn well. And so with Norm, just letting him walk. You're not getting easy replacement of that production. His scoring has been off the charts. It's two years now that he's been this high volume, efficient scorer. And it's going to take a lot to convince me. Like the framework that I think maybe kind of works is something from the Sixers where they gave up a first one of Thibault or Maxi, maybe both, honestly, and then salary match with Mike Scott or whatever. That, to me, is kind of what it's going to take for me to feel comfortable moving on from a guy who might, yes, be overpaid on his next contract because he doesn't offer much when he's not scoring. But if you're not going to pay a guy who's scoring at the efficiency with which Norm Powell is, I don't know what you're really doing. And you can run it back and roll over assets all you want, but it just kind of feels like when you find a guy like Norm, just pay the dude. So it's going to take quite a bit, and I'm not sure... Thompson and a pick is going to get it done, especially since I don't know if Thompson, now that the Raptors have leaned into playing small, would even have much of a role. He'd kind of just take over Aaron Baines' backup five role, and I don't know if you really feel all that enthused about it, considering the way Thompson's played this season. Yeah, so I guess the big question for those of us vultures who are circling all of the teams that might have tradable players is what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. What, do, what do the Raptors want to be? And if, if moving forward with Siakam and Van Vliet is the move, then, I mean, obviously you just paid Van Vliet. So. Yeah. And, and Obi too. Uh, they just paid him $18 million a year, too. Right. So yeah. the, the move is, it seems like these are the guys that you're running with. And the hope is that with Nick Nurse and with these guys kind of emerging and Norm, maybe Norm becomes your number one scorer. Maybe he just... He, emerges as that and he takes over as the number one option and, and Fred Van Vliet is a great number two option and so on and so forth. Siakam is in there as a, a number one or a number two. Like you, you do have some of those elements there. And like you said, moving forward with contracts that maybe another team would want in a, in a deal for a bigger guy that has value as well. So from a Celtics perspective, we're, we're looking for help now and, and in the future. So when we target a guy like Norm, we're looking at a guy who makes what, five? No, he's at 10 million, 10.8. Mm-hmm. So very affordable, 
He's going to decline that player option next year, very likely, uh, unless something catastrophic happens. And then this, he's going to get paid after that. So assuming that the Celtics would want to pay him, mm-hmm. that's I can see why the Celtics would want him. I can see why you wouldn't want to give him up. He's it's It just doesn't seem like a Celtics trade for Norm Powell. There's, is there anything on the Celtics that you would look at and say, yeah, this deal could work for me? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, like I said, I think the baseline is pick plus prospect uh, and then salary filler and, you know, might require an extra prospect depending on the quality. So I think like looking at the way the Celtics, I know Robert Williams is kind of climbing up in the depth chart, but he'd be sort of the guy for me as like a prospect who maybe hasn't fulfilled total potential, but has a lot there. If it was like Robert Williams plus the salary of, I don't know, like Daniel Tice or something, or maybe you throw in Thompson and then it's like you throw another body in from the Raptors side to make things even maybe that gets it done when you throw in a pick as well. I just think Norm's been so freaking good this year. And with the way the sellers market really seems to be developing, the Raptors would be silly not to demand a, a huge ransom for him because he might be one of the best readily available guys on the market right now. And I feel like if you're Boston, you're 20 and 20, maybe there's some desperation there. Maybe they do say, okay, well, Williams has been nice, but you know, we can find another center. You know, I know Tice is coming up and his deal is going to be up at the end of the year. And so we'll be transitioning into something there, but you find something else. So Williams stands out to me. I also think Grant Williams would stand out too. I know he hasn't had like an incredible season, but uh, he seems like kind of a Raptorsy type player. Uh, and then, you know, I don't think they're really enthused about Aaron Neesmith or Romeo Langford or Carson mm-hmm. Edwards. I, I just don't think any of those guys really move the needle right now. So it's going to have to be one of those sort of primo guys. Like I think Williams is kind of the guy who gets it done. Like if they say Williams plus Tice slash Thompson for Norm plus a you know a low salary of you know a, a Utah Watanabe or like a, a Matt, I guess Watanabe is a two way so that doesn't matter. But like Matt Thomas or something like that. I think that maybe gets the Raptors interested if there's a first round pick involved too, because Williams can slot in as their center of the future next to uh, Siakam at OG. He can come off the bench if you want him to, if you want to lean small and have him be an energy big off the bench, he could play next to Chris Boucher. And that would be a really entertaining uh, four or five front court off the bench, just swatting everything and playing like maniacs. (laughs) I think that's probably what it would take to get done. And I'm not sure if the Celtics want to move on from Robert Williams, considering the way he's playing. So it might just be that there's a standstill, even though Norm, I think, would be a really nice addition to that team. I feel like Celtics fans listening right now are are thinking of pulling a Memphis uh, Marshawn Brooks instead of Dylan Brooks when you say <laughs> Williams. And you say, yeah, Williams, we'll send you Williams. And they send you Grant. And you're like, wait a second. That's not the one. Uh if you're willing to take Grant Williams, I think that's the type of guy. Like, I think Grant Williams is going to be a guy who has a 12-year NBA career playing for six different teams. Yeah. Like, that's, that's I think, what's going to be Grant Williams' type of uh, progression. And I'm, I like Grant Williams. Now, Grant makes 2.5, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would definitely have to attach somebody else. But if the Raptors were willing to take Grant Williams – a pick and some salary filler, we might have the basis of a discussion. The problem is the salary filler is going to probably have to be Tristan Thompson. And look, you get the Toronto kid coming home. So maybe there's some value there. 
Raptors you fans know? have a, uh, a real disdain for Tristan Thompson. It's uh, really, yeah, he's not exactly Canada's favorite son. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, you know, there's no, playoff bad blood there. Yeah, there's playoff bad blood there. There's just like the fact that Tristan Thompson has never really been like a, you know, a kind of guy that Canadian fans like stand for. Like he, he's had, he's been replaced by the Shays and the Jamal Murrays of the world of the Lou Dorts. Like he's just not really top of mind. And I just think also he's not very good anymore. And so it's, uh, <laughs> does he have an option for a second year? Or is that fully guaranteed? No. No, yeah. it's guaranteed. Yeah, they're not taking that contract for for guaranteed money for next year. Then I think that's a, a non-starter. Then if they could get off of it and waive them, sure. But like the idea of trading Norm is they free up cap space to then go do something in free agency, whether it's right. you know a Victor Oladipo maybe or you know a big offer sheet to like a John Collins or something like that. Uh, Tristan Thompson would tie up too much money, and I think uh, that's a pretty hard no. I mean, you could do something like Tice plus Williams plus you know, like Javante Green or some other sort of small salary on the team. And maybe that gets the Raptors interested. They get a look at Green. They get a look at uh, Williams. And then you get the pick as well. Um, but yeah, right. I, I think, by the way, I'm not sure if we really stated this, but if there's not a first round pick involved, the Raptors are not trading Norman Powell. It's just not happening. There's no sure. sense in it. Yeah. Yeah. So the way the Celtics are not a taxpaying team, so they get to their outgoing salary plus 5 million. So if you put grants plus Neesmith or Langford, that's that gets you up to over five million. That gets you to Grant plus Neesmith gets you to five point eight, mm-hmm. and that matches that matches Norm. I think hopefully to almost to the to the dollar exactly. Mm-hmm. So Grant plus Neesmith, you get a look at Neesmith and a pick. Maybe that's the basis of a deal. Um, is that does that that uh, does that get anything done? Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of learned, like, don't always write off dudes who look maybe not great in their first seasons, right? And so maybe Neesmith... Especially this season. Yeah, and especially a guy who shot the way he did as a college player. I mean, Neesmith could make some sense, especially for a team that kind of really has has the market cornered on wings and forwards who do everything but shoot like it it'd be a nice little uh like a like an improvement on matt thomas i guess to get neesmith in the door let me just pull i'm gonna try to put the thing into the trade machine here just to to see if it if it comes together sure. so we said neesmith williams and a neesmith, pick. Williams, and then, then your your first round pick yeah so are we i guess we'll go well i'm i mean does it unprotected matter? Maybe lottery protected. I'm not sure. Top 10 I protected, would assume, maybe. You know, basic protections, lottery protected, just in case. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we do that. We fire away. We hit try trade and baby, it works. It does work. Yeah. I think that's something. I mean, you're not getting like any high upside plays there if you're the Raptors with Williams and Neesmith, but maybe you're okay with that because the Celtics pick looks like it's going to be somewhere in the teens. And yep. if you have two picks for the Raptors, if you have, say, picks you know, 16 and 19, you can move up. If there's somebody you really want, you can just take two guys there and what's supposed to be a deep draft. Maybe that's not the worst call. Yeah. Williams, Neesmith and a first for Powell. I still don't know if it totally gets the job done for the Raptors. Again, the way Powell's played, they might just hold out for the the top bid from the Sixers or some other desperate team. But I think of all the workable packages that could come together, Although Robert Williams, I think, would be the preferable Williams. <laughs> yeah, we probably we, we want to hold on to Robert Williams as much as best best we can. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Grant Williams, noted yeah. Raptor killer in the playoffs last year. If you if you can't beat him, trade sure, for him, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, before we wrap up quickly, does a Tristan Thompson for Aaron Baines deal sound appetizing at all? Ugh, that doesn't sound appetizing from either direction, man. God, that's that's depressing as hell. Uh, <laughs> it is. It would be a very depressing trade. Yeah. However, there is a little bit of a need filled because Baines comes into Boston. He's a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah. They don't have to. He's non-guaranteed next year. And he could be like, you're the third string set. They do not have to start double bigs. And, you know, you start either Daniel Tice or Robert Williams. The other one comes off the bench. Your center is a little bit more kind of set. And Tice with his strength can go up against Embiid and be used situationally. That, that from Boston's perspective, is the reason why that would even be considered. But would, you know, considering everything you said, I wonder if that would be considered I think. Toronto side. I think probably no, just because of the money on Thompson's deal. Baines has an option for next year that I'm sure they're going to decline uh, yeah. and get the hell out of that business because he's been awful this season. But, you know, if the Celtics wanted to sweeten it with something, then maybe. But I, I, I don't think that uh, the Raptors have much reason to take on Thompson. Everyone in Canada is like, oh, get the Canadian guy, the passport, baby. And it's like all of the <laughs> other reasons are to uh, kind of point to no, don't do that because of the the money and the fact that, you know, is Thompson that much better than Aaron Baines at this point, especially since the Raptors usually need a center who will stand out and at least take threes. Baines yeah. will do that. He'll miss them a lot, but he'll take them at least. <laughs> and they need that space for they're driving kick in. They need that space for Pascal Siakam to be at his best with his post-up game. If there's yep. a big lumbering dude waiting for offensive boards there, it, sh- it kind of takes all the space away for Pascal. So no, I don't think there's a really good fit there with a Baines for Thompson swap. Unless of course, you know, if we're instead of a Norm Powell deal, if this is the deal, if the Celtics want to throw in a future protected first, then maybe, but I, I don't yeah, think the, without sweetener, they're not taking that. We're not, we're not giving up a first for, for Aaron Baines. You it's, should not. not you do, you should absolutely not do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll give you a top 55 protected second. How's that? I don't know what Aaron Baines was when he was in Boston, but he is a sad, sad version of that now we in Toronto. loved him in Boston. <laughs> loved him. Like, there would be, just for the nostalgia alone, people would be like, yeah, do it, but... Uh, All right, Sean. Here he's just a guy who has uh, clubs for hands, who bats rebounds out of out of bounds instead of catching them. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. All right, Sean. Appreciate you coming out for a few minutes. Uh, he is at Woodley Sean on Twitter and the host of Locked On Rappers. Raptors. Uh, appreciate it, Sean. No, no. Locked On Rappers is my hip hop podcast. So that's right. That's right. That also, well, Hoka, yeah. host of Locked On Rappers. Yeah, a whole lot of Freddie Gibbs content over there. Please, uh, <laughs> please tune in. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.